When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. If this is your first Geekscape, you know what to do because you downloaded a podcast named Geekscape. Chances are you're going to get some geek conversation. You're poking around on the wrong side of your podcatcher. Maybe we were recommended to you by something else. If you're watching on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube, well, you were watching some geeky content and somebody was like, you might like Geekscape. Uh, same thing with the podcasts. It was like you were probably on your podcatcher listening to something Geekscape adjacent. Maybe it was one of the other shows on the Geekscape network. We have lots of them. And somebody said, why don't you listen to the OG Geekscape? Started it all. We've been around for a bit. We've been bringing you conversations with filmmakers, video game creators, actors, writers, all sorts of stuff across the pop culture spectrum. And uh, this episode is no different. Except it is our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 special. So Ian Kerner is waiting in the wings. He's definitely on our Guardians squad. He's been here since the beginning. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So if you've not seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and you're watching or listening to this, please turn it off. Just I'm not, I'm not going to be offended. Don't delete it. Put like a, a tab or something and be like, I'm going to come back to this after I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three. Once you watch it, once you know what happens, you can come back and you can listen to this. I, you have my permission. But if you haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three and you're listening to my words right now, we're going to spoil the heck out of it. That's what Ian and I do. We've been doing it since the beginning. And uh, let's see. Uh, we got Ralph Oppel over there saying it's uh, rough sitting through two and a half hours of sad tenseness. That's how he describes Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three is. Two and a half hours of sad tenseness. Tenseness. I think. The, I think the word is that the word. Is that a word? Bro? I don't know. I don't think tenseness is a word. I think you're. I think you're looking for tension. <laughs> tenseness, though. Like, all right. Well, Geekscape is. We can only educate you in the pop culture stuff. However, you learned before you got here. Maybe you learned words like tenseness. Uh, I can't help you, but whatever you bring to the table. You're in our hands now, and Ian and I are going to talk to you about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and you'll learn a whole lot more there. All right, so strap yourselves in, and let's give it a go. I hope, uh, you know, if I delay any more, you guys are just going to get be riddled with tenseness. <laughs> so we'll be right back. All right, Geekscape is here we are, and you can cut the tenseness with 
a knife. You can cut the tenseness with a knife. And I say that because Ralph Oppel is back in the comments on YouTube. And he says, I just looked it up. It is a word. And I am the smartest man alive. Well, I'll tell you what, Ralph. You're watching Geekscape live on YouTube. So uh, I got to tell you, like, you make great decisions already. You are probably the smartest man in my world. Um, But uh, you're not alone because I try and surround myself. You know, when you when you got what I got, which isn't a whole lot, I try and surround myself with uh, smart people. One of them is sitting right here, Mr. Ian Kerner. We're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So again, I'm, I'm just going to warn you, if you have not seen this movie, we're going to spoil the heck out of it. But here he is, Mr. Ian Kerner, talk Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mr. Ian Kerner, how are you? I'm good, how are you? How's your tenseness? How's your tenseness? you need a massage? Something? Yeah, I can use a massage. You ever heard that word, tenseness? You've heard Uh, that before, tenseness? Or it's tension, right? Tension, I think it should be. Yeah, tenseness. I'm going to go with tension. Tenseness, you you know what? You You can do tenseness. Uh, I'm okay with standing corrected. It's nothing life hasn't already done a million times over before we got to this episode. Okay, let's talk Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in the Geekscape. That's the last spoiler warning right now that I'm going to give you. Um, Ian and I actually have not talked about this movie. I had to race out to an album release show for my last Geekscape guest, Josie Cotton. Immediately. Oh, I thought you were going to the bathroom. You, you ran so quick. <laughs> No, I had to get I had to get to an album release party that I promoted last Geekscape, and I raced out of there. Um, so we didn't talk at all. I interesting to know. I mean, I'm I think I know what you think, but Ian, it's our final hurrah with this current set of Guardians. It's Guardians Volume Three. What do you think? Uh, I think. I think you really enjoyed it. I did. It's true. <laughs> I thought you really enjoyed it because every now and then I would look over and you'd be hopping up and down in your chair. And I was like, uh, excuse me. Cause Honestly, I thought it was great. Um, yeah. You know, I felt that a uh, friend of mine had a criticism. It's a long movie. It's almost two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I mean, I think I, I do agree that there's probably in the middle, it's a, it maybe slows down a little bit, but it didn't really bother me. The characters are great. I think it pays off. It's an arc for every single one of these characters. You know, there's so many great moments. It, it has a lot of heart. I mean, I teared up twice in this movie at different times. You know, mm-hmm. um, I really, really, really enjoyed the movie. It's, I bet people saying Marvel's back. I mean, you know, like, because let's be honest, we've been real disappointed for several Marvel movies now. Movies yeah. that should not have been disappointing were disappointed. You know, I mean, looking at Thor and Doctor Strange 2, like both of those movies should not have been the disappointments that they were. Um, but Ant-Man should, but Ant-Man I, li- I like Ant-Man, but I didn't love Ant-Man. So, sure. Same thing, you know. You didn't like you didn't like, any, you didn't like Thor: Love and Thunder or uh, Doctor uh, Strange uh, Two at all. The things I liked about both movies, but they were both disappointments. Sure, I, I, I mean, actually think I liked Doctor Strange quite a bit. But sure, okay. Doctor this movie, Strange is listen. I've said this before. It was a retread of WandaVision for no reason. I mean, there's, we don't need to get into that review. We can go look up that review, but yeah, you know, like we reviewed all these on the feed. Yeah. It's, um, I think Ian, movie? this movie, you know exactly what they were doing and it yeah. paid off so many things, particularly the end. I never expected that they would bring Starler where they did, but it, it, it makes perfect sense 
going back to the beginning. And then when you see the second movie, you know, when he finds out, you know, what really happened to him and all that, but he still never really goes back and reconciles, you know, it mm-hmm. was, it was, I mean, that was just really well done for me. Um, a really unexpected um, character arc for Drax. Because you know, father even, again. Yeah. Mantis I mean, all of it, every one of them, even Gamora, which, you know, I found myself thinking, because, you know, obviously James Gunn had an idea. He always said it was a trilogy. And then you have the Avengers movies, and they do what they do with her. So would he even, would this have been his plan? You know, it feels like that was would have been deviation, right? To have Gamora, the Gamora he established in the first two movies die in Endgame? Or in yeah. Infinity War, and then have Infinity War, yeah. a, and she comes no, back, I, I, and, and, now, and now she's not she's I, not really with them, and she has her own thing going on. I think it fits um, great. I think he probably intended something slightly different, but Quill would still have gone where he went. Um, I do think that you know, in the one sense, I like that they didn't try to quickly just put them back together so simply, and she's found this other life. But there's you know there's potential, so maybe they do end up together again down the line, you know? Mm-hmm. The last title card is Star-Lord Will Return. And so yeah. whether or not he's a member of a Guardians team, I, I find that unlikely. But, you know, there's so much space-faring. I think, I, I think that's the point. Well, he's also on Earth now, right? Well, he's on Earth, but they've also established so much of the space-faring aspect of the Marvel Universe. So we got the Marvels coming out in November. There's yeah. a couple of characters in this movie that might pop up in the Marvels. And... Who knows when we'll see Star Lord again? Them putting that in the in the in the end credit means they have something specific mm-hmm. with him in mind. Whereas the Guardians returning, listen, I'm I'm sure we that team probably pops up in what in one of the big Avengers movies. You know, while they are not necessarily thinking to make a movie built around no, that the big team. Avengers movies. I don't think Avengers movies can be small anymore, and we've got two Avengers movies on the docket. So That's I right. think. We we have Peter and possibly some form of this Guardians team on there, if not some of the Guardians that did that that no longer are on the team. Right, I'm just saying Peter's on Earth, so he can pop up in so mm-hmm. many other places. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Ian, let's start just talking about the movie that we got. I mean, post Christmas special, you know, the Guardians are in charge of nowhere. They've got a community there. I was so disappointed in that special. As you know. <laughs> I love that special. Why were you disappointed in it? It's just was, fun flavoring. It, it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's, it a, just, it's like a. It's like an appetizer, it buddy. You can't. You can't see. It. Yeah, but it was slow. It was fun. It was hilarious. It was. It was Drax and, and Mantis having fun on Earth, and it was silly. And come on, man, it wasn't going to be End Game. It was silly. What did you yes. want? All right, you wanted like a major cornerstone of the Marvel universe. I wanted to better. Oh, I I thought the I, I think that the whole Kevin Bacon Christmas special was a lot of fun. It is an appetizer to the meal that we got here, and I agree with you 100%. I love this movie. I thought it was great. And um, Andy Rattinger, my good buddy, who you know, he said, you know why I think this works and the other movies didn't necessarily get there, the ones that you're talking about? It's very personal. This movie is incredibly personal. You know, and he's not, a way to, he's not afraid to shy away from the horrific things being done to people that we've personally invested in. Yes, but that's the problem with Doctor Strange is that you could see that there were the bones for a lot of character stuff there and instead of really doubling down on that, they just kept throwing the same action sequences over and over again. It was like the same shit. Yeah, Yeah, we got a roller coaster with Doctor Strange. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. 
it was cool seeing different aspects of the Marvel universe. I know we only see yeah. like two or three other realities, but it I thought Doctor Strange was fun. This movie is not just fun, but it feels incredibly substantial. And if two and a half yes. hours is required to do that, good. Let's start with the beginning because we do have those guardians on nowhere starting their own community. Obviously, Peter is completely depressed because Gamora, for the most part, is dead to him. She's right. she's cast him out. She's she's he doesn't know this yet, but she's joined the so, Ravagers, which is the original Guardians. But then you get Adam Warlock showing up and just start pummeling it. Who's Adam so Warlock? One second. So wait, no. one sec, one second. So <laughs> because there was one thing about the movie, and a friend of mine and I discussed this that bugs me a bit. Okay. And since we're starting at the beginning with Peter, and at the beginning I buy it, but no helmet and no rocket boots. In the helmet rocket boots would have been huge and, at the end of this movie. And, well, and the middle, well, late in the movie, right? Like, right. you know, jumping out the thing. So it's like, I get that plot-wise, you don't want them to have them for you to do the things that you do, but was it cut somewhere? Because it doesn't make sense. He doesn't have them. Now, no, at the beginning, when he's drunk and out of Warlock yeah. attacks, fine, he's not wearing this stuff. And maybe, you know, something happened. But once he's, like, suiting up and all that, like, where's his shit? I mean, he's a regular human. I read that a few different places that he should ha- he should have had the helmet there at the end. He should have had the rocket pack at the end, or at least on Counter-Earth. Um, yeah, he. this is a character that flies. And this is a character that flies in space. Where's right. his space stuff when he goes out into space? At least the sequence right. where it's destroyed, discarded. Maybe the Adam Warlock fight would have been a great well, place to destroy up. it. Once he's shooting up in his stuff, he should have had it. Yeah, show it. Um, Ian, can you explain the Adam Warlock stuff to us? And is this a version of Adam Warlock that is uh, loyal to the comics or not? Um, somewhat. So Adam Warlock in the comics is an artificial being that was created by human scientists, the Enclave. And he's originally known as him because he sort of takes off from his creators right away and never really even had a name. Um, you know, it's, I thought what they do really well in the MCU that they've been doing from the beginning is a lot of the time, you know, and we've seen this with movie names. We've seen this a lot of things. They take an idea that's based in the comics somewhat and they put their own spin on it. And sometimes what they do is they take a couple of concepts that are similar. Okay, and they put them together. So, you know, like, because listen, comics, you've had comics for, you know, so many decades and different creators. And a lot of the time you'll have this very similar idea. Okay. And for instance, you have um, in the comics, you have something called Half World. Okay. Where these um, robots who were caring for humans and animals too, and they ended up like experimenting on animals. And that's where Rocket came from in the comics. But you also have the high evolutionary in the comics, and he actually experimented on different beings, and he created like his animate. Okay, mm-hmm. so the idea of taking those two things and putting it together is really clever to me. You know, similarly, you have something like the Enclave, who was like, oh, they were experimenting on creating life. So again, you have the high evolutionary. So here's a third concept: we saw the sovereign in the second movie, so now we find out the high evolutionary he created the sovereign, created the animate, he created Rocket and and those things. You know, obviously the sovereign, you know, and Adam Warlock is part of the Sovereign experiment. So yep. he's done all these different things. And what are the and, Sovereign and, in the comics? I'm sorry to interrupt, Ian, but the Sovereign in the comics, I mean, we probably discussed this during Guardians Volume 2, but um, they actually play a big role in this one, at least the first part of the movie, to establish Adam Warlock. What, and then now you realize they work, they don't just work for themselves, aren't just this, these people out there, yeah, but they work just, for the High Evolutionary. Another being the High Evolutionary. But, my, but my, they're from the comics? Is, 
Um, I don't, I don't recall the sovereign actually yeah. being in the yeah. comics. Um, it's just something that was made up for that. But, but here, here's sure. my, my point is this, you know, some people might argue, well, why is one guy making all these things? Right. Because at a certain point, you start going like, oh, that seems a little silly. And it actually, in the real world, it actually makes sense that you would have things like different scientists, you know, maybe, you know, oh, I have an idea for this thing. Well, I want to do my own version. You know, we see this all the time, like different scientists are working on things and they come up with different versions of stuff. But in terms of a movie, you know, we if someone's already done something, a certain kind of thing in a Marvel movie, they're not going to do another Marvel movie with something that's similar. Right. Because that's that's repetitive, right? So it actually, for me, makes a lot of sense that they took all these different concepts that were done by totally different creators at different points in history in Marvel Comics, and they sort of smashed them together. The same guy did all these things. Just because from a movie standpoint, this is this is Marvel taking their shot at that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? it in, a, in an odd way, it almost makes everything seem smaller in the universe, but it makes sense for me because you're not going to go back to that well, right? No, it's the same beat repeated. Yeah, so you, yeah. You know, they're not going to like to do it again, even though you know, if we saw that in another Marvel movie, we'd be like, well, then they already do this. Truth is, but in the real world, that would be that's nothing wrong with that. And in you comics, know, that these beats sense. repeat all the time. In comics, you constantly have these. I think the generations in comic are like, somebody told me like six to eight years, you, you have to retell these stories for a new generation of, of kids well, who well, picked well, up the Well, there's comic. that argument, but I'm just saying, like even in the real world, like, you know, scientists come up with something and, you know, another scientist or another company makes their own version of something. It's different, hmm. but it's similar. Or it's of the same kind of thing. And that's okay. And in comics, a different hero fights a different group doing the same thing. Maybe Spider-Man fights two different artificially made beings. It doesn't mean, oh, well, hey, did you speak to the other guy that made that? You know, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe they based on the same science. Maybe they didn't. But by the way, Spider-Man comes, sometimes that's what happens is someone, you know, someone else finds, um, you know, a, a hideout or something and, and he paints the costume and now he's the Hobgoblin, you know, because he found right. an old Green Goblin thing, you know, that happens. That makes sense. With Adam Warlock, though, this didn't feel like a familiar version of Adam Warlock from the comics. Well, you know, I had a lot of people said that to me. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people, probably you included in that, think of your familiar version of like, you know, that Infinity Gauntlet era on. But Adam Warlock mm-hmm. and the character him had been around for a long time. And him initially is not the super smart tactician Adam Warlock. Okay. So this actually felt very much like a proto- Adam Warlock, the him version of Adam Warlock for me. Where he's a blank slate. He's a blank slate. He's confused, doesn't really know, just going with it, you know, lashing out. That that didn't, for, for me, didn't feel, it's not the Adam Warlock that we mostly think of because for so long, you know, what ended up happening is Adam Warlock kept evolving um, and he gets the soul gem and that gives him even more abilities. And you can start getting, there's, a, there's some deep, deep history, Adam Warlock storylines. This whole thing with the Magus, which is his evil version. Um, if anything, the Sovereign seemed to me very similar to the, the followers of the Magus. And that's where I thought they were going to go with that, which is this potential future timeline, evil version of Adam Warlock, who basically manipulates time to kind of create himself. Hmm. It's very confusing. So like Adam Warlock's biggest villain really is himself gone bad. Because we already don't have Thanos in the MCU Yes, anymore. and he has all these followers. So the Sovereign, to me, felt like it was going to be this religious thing. And that's very much the Magus. Okay. Um, and it gets into all this stuff about belief. And he gets more powerful when he has more believers and all this stuff. 
ultimately they use the Magus storyline to bring the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics, the original Guardians of the Galaxy actually come from the 30th century. Okay. It's very much, very much Marvel's Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like DC's okay. Legion of Superheroes. But then they ended up bringing him into the present. And they jumped back and forth a number of times. Um, they had like, so one of their characters, Vance Astro, is actually, they ended up, you end up finding out that he's actually from the 20th century. And he's Vance Astrovic, who was a mutant, um, who ends up in like a special suit that, you know, preserves him and spends an animation and... In the 30th century, where they're fighting for you know, um, human liberation from the Badoon, he actually has Captain America's shield. And he's a telekinetic. Because Captain America's shield, of course, is going to survive anything because it's indestructible. So, but um, that's where the Guardians started. And they did a storyline where they came into the present and then they inspired a group of cosmic heroes of which, you know, and that's Rocket and Groot and Star-Lord and, you know, Adam Warlock has worked with them, Gamora. So, Gamora as a character was around long before Guardians of the Galaxy in the present. Okay. She was, as actually, was Groot. As I was mean, Groot. Groot was one of the monsters, but, right? Yes. Yes. But, but Gamora worked with Adam Warlock and Pip the Troll, who we saw in the tag in Eternals was also a major Adam Warlock related character. That stuff just got reprinted Geekscapist. Like there's a Adam Warlock book that just got reprinted from it's the thing is that storyline and Marvel's been doing some good stuff republishing some of the topical storylines. That one with Pip the Troll and Gamora and Adam Warlock just got reprinted as well as this one I'm holding up for camera if you're watching on Facebook or Twitch or Twitter or Instagram. Uh it's the not Instagram, uh YouTube. It's the Rock Raccoon, like Bill Mantlo origin stuff re, re redone. It doesn't have the, the Hulk storyline so, that he's actually introduced in, but it does have the the characters that you saw in this movie, the 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 otter and the uh, walrus. So yeah, Lila. So they had teased the Adam Warlock cocoon. Yeah. So they had teased the Adam Warlock cocoon way before we got you know the culmination of the Infinity Stone saga, right? No, we saw it in we saw it in Thor Thor Dark World. We saw it in the tag of Thor Dark World. The, the end credit scene. We saw a cocoon. Yeah. 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 Yes. The collector the has cocoon. it. And yes. Yeah, so everyone, you know, we figured, okay, he has the cocoon, which would make sense because it had come from the Enclave. But, you know, because in the Infinity Gauntlet comics, which is the original Infinity Gauntlet storyline, um, Adam Warlock is a major character. He's, he's already been, you know, someone who fights Thanos a lot. And he ends up being the savior of everything. Um, ult- in essence, he ends up being the one that does what Tony does mm-hmm. because everyone gets wiped out and he brings them back. Um, so comic book readers expected him a lot sooner. It almost seemed like, well, we oh, when you yeah. just got the hint of him, at, well, and, and you got the hint of him, the end of Guardians 2, and we were all wondering, are we going to get him in an Infinity War? We did not. Yeah, because that came so out got him before Infinity War. And we see, actually see the cocoon yes. looking like a cocoon, not like the metallic thing that we saw at the end of Dark World. Yes. Yes. So that's what we expected. It's not what we got. And, and that's, you know, I mean, listen, Infinity War was great. They did something different. They do things differently. But we still ultimately got Adam Warlock. And so, you know, I think they did an interesting character arc there, and they, and they redeemed him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was wondering for the whole movie there, where are they going to go with this? Because I was, I went into that movie this going, movie, knowing this that movie. he's going to end up. 
This movie, yes. Yeah, you know he's going to be on the Guardians team. I know he's going to be on the Guardians team at the, whatever the iteration is at the end of this movie because you'd read a bunch becoming going into this that this is what James says is like the the last version of this Guardians team. Mm-hmm. We expect people to die, or, or at least some of them. It gets pretty close many times, and the movie is an emotional roller coaster. Heidi was crying every single time there was an animal on screen. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, this is a hard PG 13 geeks give us. You shouldn't be watching this if you're listening to this, if you haven't seen it, but this is a dark movie and I knew it was going to have body horror in it. The second I knew it was James Gunn and the high evolutionary and he was going to be experimenting on stuff. I love the high evolutionary. He's one of my favorite villains. One of my, like the comic that is important to me that really kept me in comics was off picking up off of spinner rack at like a convenience store outside of San like new Braunfels, Texas, was the Evolutionary War Avengers Annual, where they're all strapped to the globe. You remember that cover mm-hmm. where the, uh, the yeah, High Evolutionary yeah. is holding the globe, and there's Grey Hulk, there's Hercules, there's uh, you know U.S. Agent, and they're all this weird Avengers team. But that was the Beast is on the team, and I loved that book as a kid. I loved that book. I still have that issue. It's all in tatters, but I still have it. Uh, and I've always loved the High Evolutionary. Seeing him go as dark, and he's always been creepy to me. He's always been weird, Frankensteining monster like animals and robotics and humans together. Um, but seeing James Gunn do it, I kind of knew it was in store. I was really, I knew this movie was going to get dark. I knew it was going to get gross, and I knew it was going to play into his strengths. And he did it beautifully, uh, and he did it personally. The whole Rocket stuff. Does Rocket have a kill switch in the comics? Does he, Ian? I don't. Does Rocket have a kill switch in the I don't comics? I think we've ever seen an actual. I, I've never seen an actual kill switch that I could think of in the comics with Rocket. But um, again, I thought, listen, they they brought this to life in a really great way. I love this idea that Rocket was so special. I thought that was mm-hmm. really interesting, um, particularly for what the High Evolutionary wanted. I love that the face that Rocket really had fucked him up. I loved <laughs> that. That was an amazing reveal for me. That Rocket had destroyed his face. Oh, I love that. I love yeah, that. What I liked about the High Evolutionary was he wasn't just cold. You know, usually in the comics, he's cold and he's a scientist. Yes. And if he has to destroy a planet to remake it and get it perfect, he'll do it. And it's a cold decision. In this one, you actually see the High Evolutionary drunk. You see a High Evolutionary almost Shakespearean in their own like yeah. personal torture. And as much as he needs Rocket, because Rocket has the genius of invention, which none of his other, you know, uh, experiments have, he also has a very personal reason to want Rocket. I mean, Rocket took his face off. Like, seeing yeah. the face at the end is crazy. Um, the movie's beautiful. I think the movie's great on a personal level. Every character, including High Evolutionary, is tied personally to these characters. And I'd love, I mean, they left him alive i'd love to see him again <laughs> somewhere they didn't you didn't see him die on screen you just saw him get his face ripped off on screen um yeah but again, I, I feel like they probably killed him if, yeah i think maybe this is the end but i would love to see him again um all right i mean ronan the accuser is a character that we never that i'd love to see again there's a lot of marvel characters i'd love to see again who have quote unquote died on screen well, by the way, it seems like in the Marvels where, you know, I felt that notwithstanding how much of it we got in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, you know, we got Captain Marvel and we have Guardians and then like, where the fuck the Kree been? So I don't know how excited I am for the Marvels, but at least we're getting a whole shitload of Kree in there. 
and you see someone who seems to have um you know ronan's ultimate weapon you know his, his, the hammer yeah, and that hammer seemingly another an, an accuser you know yeah and i told you watching the movie is it l'oreal i don't know we saw i mean i think i actually think hulkling's in the freaking movie that would make sense but i'm yeah. not sure uh well i i'm i am looking forward to the marvels i'm really looking forward so, to the marvels, so by actually. the way so so the hulkling reference is a great way to bring up you know another a an easter egg in this movie which is children of marvel is that where phyla comes from so phyla and janice vell phyla and janice vell are um two son and daughter of marvel that he didn't know about the genetic material taken his girlfriend had them after he died and geeks okay, Phyla is in the movie she's one of the girls she's the the little so, girl that's on the guardians team at the end of the movie the white-haired girl right that's phyla you meet her on they the name ship. her phyla and yeah, she has and she has two glowing she has two glow, glowing gauntlets and in the comics marvel initially later Janice and phyla have all had these gauntlets Okay. You know, negabands they're called, and mm-hmm. they channel cosmic energy. So that that was that Easter egg that was Phyla Vell on that, um, or at least they just called a Phyla. Now another kid of Marvel is Hulkling, but that kid was Marvel and the Empress of the Skrulls. So that okay. kid's half Kree, half Skrull, and in the comics ends up being you know the he, right now he's the Emperor. Of a united Kree Skrull empire. Mm-hmm. So in the Marvels, that's why I say like the Marvels right on the corner and it's going cosmic. Like Phyla kind of is in, at least tangentially related to some of the events in that movie. I mean, she's more of a Captain Marvel character than she is a Guardians character. Well, except that she's be, been a Guardian in recent years. Right. Okay. So we, so now she's she on the Guardians team. What did you think? I mean, I love talking about the High Evolutionary. We can talk. What's the, what's the origin of the comics of the High Evolutionary? When did he first uh, pop wait, up? Wait, one second, by the way. Okay. Phyla Please. in the comics, her long-term romantic partner is Moondragon, whose cool. father in the comics is Drax. Yeah. Okay. So it's all kind of, so she is kind of connected. She's um, Heather Douglas. He was Arthur Douglas. He thought that she was dead, the... and he died. Drax, okay. Arthur Douglas in the comics. Okay, so tell so me about very tell me about the first. You you've been reading comics longer than me. High evolutionary was a scientist from Earth from the 20th century who did a bunch of experimenting. Eventually, evolved himself, um, and then and went cosmic. Got very very powerful. Tied in his, his experiments. His his base of operations was one to grow mountain. You know, you start getting to stuff. So he had these animen that he, his original experiments, his half animal, half human beings were actually in at a Wonder Girl Mountain in Transia. And we saw one of in, in Doctor Strange too. Geeks gave us. We saw Doctor, yeah, and we saw Bova, the, ha- the the cow woman. And in the comics, Bova was a midwife, and she actually birthed Pietro and Wanda. Mm-hmm. So she was an animal. So the yes. When did we see Bova? Yes. Just seeing the ha- the cow headed character in Doctor Strange, seemingly is Bova, but we, we okay. never actually see it. But visually. Wonder Girl Mountain, and that, that's, I mean, Bova's, of all the anime, Bova's the one that's most known. Right. Mostly because, okay. you know. And that's what he created. He created the anime. And then, of course, we see a planet of anime in this movie. We see a planet of anime, right. which is kind of cool. Well, that's the thing is, so he created Counter-Earth in the comics. And the idea of Counter-Earth mm-hmm. is it's literally in orbit around the sun. It's directly counter to Earth. 
Yeah, I was surprised they didn't go with something that was right next to the sun because that's always been where Counter Earth was. Like we can't see it, we don't know it's there because the Earth, the, the sun's always been in between it. You know? Yeah, it's always um, just and it, and it's, and it's Earth. It's really what we got in the movie. It is an Earth built for the high evolutionary in his experiments, which is what yes, Disney exactly, World is yeah. here on Earth. Um, so let's keep going. The Bill Manlo Rocket Raccoon stuff. If you guys, if you all pick up these comics, you're not really going to get too much that seems familiar with what was happening in uh, in the movie. This is very weird and very Disney-ish, the original Bill Mantlo stuff. Um, and it's always, it's also very positive. What do you think Bill Mantlo would think watching his, uh, like, Lila and his walrus character and Rocket being treated so darkly in this movie? Uh, I think he'd love Rocket. I think he'd love Rocket from the get-go, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Is it too dark? I mean, that's the thing, is he made those comics at, at a very different time, and they are a little bit kind of silly kitty, you know, about it, you know, for a bit. And, uh, yeah, they, they've gotten darker, sure, but I don't think he'd have any problem with it. You do? Oh, my God, it, it gets so dark. They He he, dis- he, he does. Wreck- I mean, they are not, the, they are not but, the characters from this comic. The characters in this comic are innocent. But, but, but dude, dude experimenting on animals that way, is, is there any version of that in the no. real world that is anything but the, it's exactly what it is, right? No, shampoo's like, probably the you know, Bill Mantle did it like that. it's, oh, it's sort of seemingly fine. But, you know, even in the comics, like Rocket's not happy about his memories of it. Mm-hmm. it does not, that's not a new idea. It did not start from James Gunn. Right. And so, Ian, so you've got this. First off, we got to talk about that one take in the fight sequence when they're taking on that one take was amazing. And I know it's heavily CGI and heavily composited and all this, but I I love that stuff. I love that it was in this movie. Well, and I also like the stakes. I, What's that? I, I, well, I also love that they, they sort of redid the you know with with Groot with Star Lord. They redid. The, the the Groot and Rocket shots, you know, mm. like the you know they come around the camera. I don't know about you, for me when and and, and I'd already seen because the, the toy stuffs already out there, so I knew at some point you have Groot with you know, all the different hands and shit. But the idea okay. that he has all the weapons hidden inside him and, and they scan and they don't they don't find him and just pops up and all these things come out. Yeah, well, I knew he was gonna hide guns, and it's so clear that like this is like a. But, and also that this is a thing that like, this was like a no brainer thing. They've done this. This is like a thing they've done. They know they can do. It wasn't a one-off like, you know, Groot knows, knows exactly what to do. Which is awesome. Cause that's the thing you have to remember is Groot is like their kid. You know, Gunn has said, unlike in the comics, baby Groot is just Groot. You know, you know, he gets mostly destroyed. One piece is left. He grows himself back again. In the movies, that's mm-hmm. not what it is. Groot from the first movie died. He sacrificed himself. And this, the new Groot is, is his child. Yeah. That was raised by the guardians. Like they, that's why they do that whole thing about the, you know, the surly teenager thing, you know, and they chew, you know, chew him out for, you know, mouth and everything else, you know, language, all that stuff. Like it's, it, it's their kid. But now it's like, he's grown up into like a badass. He's grown up just doing this shit. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's built different than the other group was. Like he's muscular because it's what he's been doing his whole life, you know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know that Pete Davidson was one of those characters in that scene, right? Yes, SNL. I did. Pete Davidson. Yes, he I dropped my set. I, 
obviously he was in he was in Suicide Squad, but they're friends. He dropped by for a day and they put a there's mask on so him. And he played many, one of those characters. Yeah, there's so many characters. There's so many actors. I mean, I was surprised that they had Nathan Fillion do a character that was not like a named character, but they'd already had him. You know that that little Easter egg of him as Wonder Man. Mm-hmm. You know, which of course isn't happening now because you know they, they went a different way for the show that they're going to do. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so many, so many people, so many characters. Or in uh, there. Yeah. James Gunn's in there. Lambshank is James Gunn. Oh, no, Lambshank is that little the deformed. Uh, yeah, the deformed, yeah, the deformed thing deformed that comes out of the heart. that was that was heartbreaking. Was James Gunn. Super dark. Yeah, James Gunn. Uh, what, what's the name of the so little fuzzy? Wrong. What's the name of that little fuzzy thing that, that Adam Warlock's running around with? That I have to get oh, it. Oh, what was his name? Of. Yeah, he's... he's, he's Is that in the comics, that little guy? Because I guess I got to get a stuffed animal version of that thing now. I don't... I didn't recognize that alien from the comics, though. But how awesome was Cosmo? I'm, for I love me, Cosmo. every time... It, but the Cosmo. fact that Cosmo was so... Yeah, but so neurotic about the bad dog thing was hysterical because yeah, it's like he said he was a bad dog and he can't, he has to, can't get over that. He can't accept that. I, I um, we saw Howard the Duck so again. Much. Yeah. It's great. So Howard the Duck again. That was cool. Um, and I like the Craglin storyline where Craglin can't control the whistle. That's and cool. then by the end of it, Craglin yeah. sees his brother and it was great to see that cameo and he sees his brother and he understands uh-huh how to do this. His brother believes in him and that's what he needed. And then Sean just rocks out with that thing. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, his brother. It was, it was his fellow Ravager. It was like his, his best fellow friend. Ravager, but you get it. Yeah. You get it. I mean, he definitely took a part of him and put it into his skull. <laughs> um, yeah, well, where could we see these, this, these next guardians team? I don't think we're going to get a guardians volume four. I mean, listen, I would have said something like the Marvels, but I think it's pretty clear where we won't see them there. It's coming so soon. Um, but maybe, you know, it would be super cool if, if they did do that, you know. It's coming mm-hmm. so soon after, but, you know, they could have shot it at the same time. So to me, that would be seriously cool. Um, yeah. Because that, that's, the place, that's the place where I would expect to see them, right? Another cosmic story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's plans for Gardens 4, but, you know, I mean, the nice thing about this is gar- they have room and time. They want to develop a Guardians 4, you know. Um, I mean, honestly, I think the box office, it's doing better than they initially expected, but not as good as they'd hoped. But, you know, I mean, and I, I hate all the articles about superhero fatigue. But I have to say sure. that, you know, those last couple of movies not being as good hurt did hurt the brand. Let's not kid ourselves, you know. I agree. Um, this is a team that can definitely pop up in an Avengers film. I think anybody's fair game sure. in an Avengers film. The way that they do totally. those Avengers movies. Um, Absolutely. There's a team that's out there in the spaceways, Ian, that we're not talking about. They are established in the MCU. Who knows if they're going to come back? I'm talking about the Eternals. Are the Eternals and by the coming way, back? We're going to see pieces of them well, come back. Are we going to see Eternals in other gonna, movies? They're definitely going to carry on those storylines somewhere. From what I hear, they're going to do another Eternals. That's what I hear. Now, I know we all say God first one was bad, and I think this is risky because, you know, I think that, you know, a different filmmaker, different intention, you know, is there potential for a good movie? Sure, but they're not bulletproof anymore, you know? So what are the expectations of that movie? Even great word of mouth. Honestly, I want to see what happens with this movie because I think this movie didn't open where they wanted to, but I think the word of mouth is going to be great. Does this movie end up having legs where it still ends up? It did a lot less money than the second Guardians did. But does it 
but does its whole run end up making up for that? Because the word of mouth is, I mean, I think the word of mouth is great, right? That's just yeah. my opinion from what I hear. I, know, I, I love this really, one. really good word of mouth. Like, like my wife, yeah, I love this one. you know, who really liked the Gardens movies, watched this, the Christmas specials, like she didn't even care. I took my stepson, you know, came with us, but he and I both came back. It's like, you want to see this movie, you know, like I'm going to get her in the, in the theater and see it. And frankly, I mean, I'm going to go again probably to get her to see it. And I'm when? perfectly good with going and seeing that again. I don't know. We haven't discussed. I just it invited myself on your. I just invited myself to your date. I I, I noticed that. The trick is figuring out the time. I, I watched. I watched Dungeons and Dragons again, another similar movie that was in the Guardians vein. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I love that one. I really enjoyed that great. movie. It was great. Yeah. All right, Ian. You're clicking, clacketing, trying to get back to work. I see you. I hear you. What are your final thoughts on this Guardians three? Um, Anything well, we didn't. What else cover? have we talked about here? So I, I, I mentioned before. I said, you know, I, I think where they leave Peter Quill, I like that. I think it's interesting. Uh, presumably, he has his weaponry with him. You know, once again, whereas then helmet and rocket boots, I would hope he has those with him. You know, because otherwise he's just a regular human. But you know, so is Hawkeye. Is he though? He survived Widow. the vacuous. Uh, uh, Heidi turned to me. Well, and she said, well, remember, he survived the, the vacuous space, and I said, well, he, he goes his father. He, yeah, he was half celestial, but supposedly all those abilities were burned out. Okay, and that's what supposedly you saw in that last sequence. Out. Okay, that that his eye, his like face end, went right back in. At, 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 at the end of Guardians Two, we were led to believe that those abilities are burned out. Do we know for sure now? Right. Um, but that's what we were led to believe, you know. So because that the idea that. He wasn't completely incinerated, even with them all helping him. And the first Guardians is because he was part Celestial, right? So, mm-hmm. so there's that question. Um, and by the way, in fairness, like you know, they, they reference Celestials as not just being you know the Celestials that are, are the judges of like you know in the Eternals, um, as even that Ego was one. So yeah. you know, again, great place where he could turn up is if they do something with the Eternals. You know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a lot of this stuff cross pollinates. So, you know, I mean, the fact that we got Tri- Pip the Troll there, you know, we got Star Fox, you know, I mean, there's a lot of places these characters can pop up, you know? Well, we're going to have to wait to find out. Yeah, there was a rumor that we were going to get Black Knight and Blade. But then we, then <laughs> the Blade, I heard that the Blade, Blade was actually taken. Now. Well, it's shut down right now. You know, but then supposedly yeah. I heard the Blade movies take place in the fifties, so it probably wouldn't be this Black Knight. You know, sure. so you know. Uh, we we have a Facebook user who says, "You know what? The only way I would consider watching Eternals two, he calls it Externals, e- e- Eternals two in the theater is if Rocket and the New Guardians were in the trailer." <laughs> you know what? I, I, I think I, that that would be a ex- smart move. Uh, externals, Externals is a movie I want to see. <laughs> Who are the? Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? The externals of that X Force. Yeah. So well, the externals, um, the externals of the immortal mutants. Yeah, I think the Eternals too. I don't see that. I think that would be a super smart move is to have Marvel cross pollinate uh, Eternals movie with yes. some of these cosmic characters, whether it's be the co- the Captain Marvel stuff or the some of the Guardian well, castoffs. Well, well here, I think that'd be here's great. the thing: is I think. I was surprised that when you have a movie that did a billion dollars, even though it wasn't that good in the first Captain Marvel, and to, to make a decision to change the name of the sequel from Captain Marvel 2 to the Marvels, 
but it does speak to what the story is. And it's not just about her, right? It's about Ms. Marvel also. Yeah. It's about Photon also. Um, to me, as bad as Eternals was, but if you want to carry over some of those ideas, you do something like that, where you name it something different. Sure. The trick is, in doing that, Marvel's pretty much... They're, they did something that definitely would have worked a few years ago, and I'm not sure it works anymore, and we'll see what the box office of the Marvels does, which is they were the brand. They were the franchise. Marvel itself is now the franchise in doing that with the mm -hmm. Marvels versus it being a Captain Marvel franchise. So that's yeah. the trick. The trick is, is there a storyline that you do that incorporates what you set up in Eternals and some other concepts? Maybe it's Star-Lord. Maybe it's these Guardians. You know, there are, are some other cosmic concepts you can do you know, um, I have a friend of mine that says to me a lot, like, they want the Annihilation Wave. You know? For me, you do the Fantastic Four I don't think that. you do Annihilus like... before you do the Fantastic Four. But... That's right. Give me Fantastic Four. Great. Now we're doing Cosmic. Give me Galactus. Give me the Silver Surfer. There's a lot of ideas here, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Galactus flowing out of what you already saw in the Celestials. The idea of Galactus coming to Earth to eat that Celestial. You know, the, the yeah. Celestial inside. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So, and I think anything you do with that, I think that's where you might see these guardians again. Or the Eternals. The, so the Eternals, certainly. Peter Quill, sure. But it was interesting to me that they definitely made that statement at the end of this movie, Peter, that, you know, Starlog will return, because that means they already know where they're putting him. They well, know, yeah. even if we don't. Let me wrap up by saying I know we're going to return. It's going to be Spider-Verse. Yeah, we're watching Spider-Verse. And we also have The Flash. And as far as Marvel MCU goes, we have Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. And is Secret Invasion is going to lead right into Marvels. Because yeah. Fury. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Is, is Secret Invasion August? I thought it was July, but it could be August. Yeah. It could be July. Mm-hmm. Unless we're going to talk about Transformers Beast Wars <laughs> or Fast <Yeah>. X. <laughs> Strap yourselves in for that ride. It's all about family. Uh, it's all about family. Well, brother, you are a part of my family. Um, and I loved seeing this movie with you. Sorry, I had to jet right after, but I loved the movie and I want to see it again. I don't necessarily yeah. need to see it again with you and your wife, though. I can go see it again with somebody else. <laughs> I'm not going to say, I'll sit in between you guys. Maybe not. Maybe not. Together, yeah. Yeah. All right, Ian. Um, I the road to Comic Con is real, man. I submitted a panel. We did some. Uh, I'm planning stuff for the booth. We're inviting friends to come be a part of it. Geeky, if, if you have plans to be in San Diego uh, for Comic Con, come visit I us. I wonder how this writer strike is going to affect Comic Con. Um, I, think I think people. I think writers are going to go there not to promote each other's shows or their shows to so their employer's stuff. I think they're going to go to 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 promote their prep projects, their own stuff. Well, you get really, it gets tricky because do they want to do panels where they're promoting things for studios? I, I'm, I've submitted to moderate a panel with creatives who all work for studios and well, that's projects. Yeah. You're, and I'm you're, okay you're, with them. Your panels about those creators themselves. It's not, it's not, push, right. it's not promoting, you know, something that's been no. made that, that benefits the studio. So that's different. Right. Right. And I wonder what, you know, the actors are supposedly, you know, in uh, support of the WGA. So we'll see. But 
Well, by the way, of, yeah. you know, if the actors are striking it, because the actor deal and hits right around Comic-Con, right? That contract. Mm-hmm. So I, I heard from somebody that the WGA would probably be settled by Comic-Con. <sighs> I so hope you're right. I don't know who you heard that from. <laughs> not, I mean, I'm like not... mid, like, somebody told me mid July is what they think. They, well, think. they think that they can afford to hold out until mid July. And then so July, the studios are going to be like, okay, fine. June 20th is when the DGA would strike also. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to make this podcast about this, but, sure. um, but, I think it's unlikely it settles before them, but I think that when when the studios see the solidarity of the director strike as well, I think that July could be a time. I, I don't think there's any way it settles before that. Right, and the the it's new Guardians opinion. team can't step in for that. I know. I mean, but that's I, not the next time we're going to see them, right? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. All right, Geeks gave us. If you enjoyed this conversation, learned a lot from Ian about the origins of some of these characters and some of the comic book stuff. Uh, share it with your friends. Hit the share button on whatever podcatcher you're listening to uh, and send it over and be like, hey, these guys, they talk comics and Ian knows his stuff. Uh, and of course, subscribe, write us those five star reviews that that really gives us some great visibility on the different podcast apps and just share it with your friends. I've got some cool guests coming up uh, on Geekscape that are scheduled and I go through these waves where like, no, like I, I don't have people scheduled and I have too many people scheduled and I try and thin it out, but I like talking about their stuff live. So that's just the way it is. Geeks gave us love you. Uh, and thank you. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Peace, everybody. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.